0: Welcome once again to Leto's Law. Here's Steve Leto. I had a few people send me this story, and I think I did a video about this back when it happened. Uh, so it's always good to see a case come to a conclusion and end. So we have the uh, exclamation point at the end of this uh, long story. Des Moines paying $125,000 to man detained for filming police parking illegally. Now, there's a lot to unpack in that headline, but I know that many people in the audience know which story I'm talking about. And immediately said, oh, I know this one. And it was involving a man who was filming police cars. And he was in public. And the cars were um, occasionally parked illegally, which might be embarrassing for the police. And so the police interacted with the man, shall we say. And that interaction has resulted in them now paying him $125,000. $125,000. Now, there's a long story here because a lot of stuff's happened in between. The story actually happened a while back, but the settlement just happened. So William Morris wrote this to the Des Moines Register, and the city of Des Moines will pay $125,000 to settle the case, with the man who was detained by police for recording video outside the police station. We do not have a lot of details about the settlement. It's unclear if they're allowed to talk about it much more than simply saying it's settled, and here's for how much. And by the way, people might say, Steve, why would they let that one detail out? It might be something hard to keep quiet, because a settlement like that's got to be resolved with the legal department of Des Moines, and it may need to be approved by people they say on the board, uh, whoever runs the city, along with uh, possibly the mayor and so on. And so, when things like they get paid out of public funds, uh, quite often the number will get out. But Daniel Robbins is a radio producer, and he sued the city back in 2018 after police confronted him while he was filming officers parked in front of no parking signs around the downtown police HQ. Officers told him he was behaving suspiciously and detained him, although ultimately he was allowed to leave and they did not cite him for anything. So there's a brief moment where they encountered him and said, look, we think you're acting suspicious. And they said that he couldn't leave while they're conducting their investigation, apparently. (laughs) Although ultimately he was then allowed to leave and he was not cited for anything. But But, and this is the kicker, and this is the thing that differentiates us from many of the other cases of police encounters we've seen. They took his phone and his camera from him, and they kept them. And they only returned them two weeks later, after his attorney contacted the city and said, when can this man have his stuff back? They said, oh, oh, here you go. So they took his stuff from him and kept it for two weeks. I'll tell you right now, I couldn't live for two weeks without my phone. Um, there's too much stuff on it that I, that I need, and it would, it would hobble my life. The case had been scheduled to go to trial, but the parties told the judge a settlement was in the works. Case was formally dismissed November 9th. So that often happens. As a case is nearing trial, a judge or their staff will contact the party and say, are you guys ready to go? Do we actually need to, for instance, call in a jury pool? Do we need to set time aside for the courtroom? Do we, do we need to do all of the formalities, or, or is there a chance this thing is going to settle? And the parties apparently told the judge, um, we're actually talking, and we're close. Give us a moment. We think we can settle it. And they settled it. So the man's attorney provided documents confirming the settlement of $125,000, but declined to otherwise comment on the case. So it might be that the rest of the settlement is confidential. But city leaders said the decision to settle the case came after they got a bad ruling From a federal appellate court. So the case hit the trial court, went up to the Court of Appeals, who spun it around, as I like to say, and it looked like the city was in for a potential beating. Now, we don't know what's going to happen at trial, and you never know what's going to happen at trial. But rather than go to trial, they cut the man a check for $125,000. The city won this case at the district court level, said the city manager which was ultimately reversed by a panel of Eighth Circuit judges. While the city disagrees with the panel's determination, it also respects the judicial process and decided to settle the case and move forward. Now, (laughs) the man says the city won the case at the district court level as if that's a win. And it's not when it gets reversed by the Court of Appeals, because in the grand scheme of things, the Court of Appeals vote is more important than the trial court's vote. So, yeah, you got an early victory in a battle you lost. And simply pointing out that the trial court made a mistake uh, is not something that you can just put on your resume. So, according to the original lawsuit, the man was on East 2nd Street on May 10th of 2018. So this is a while back. He saw a police employee leave the station and get in a car and drive away, but the car had been parked illegally. (laughs) And that caught his attention. So he began filming... And it was then approached by an officer who told him he was being a little suspicious. Not not grossly suspicious, not entirely suspicious, a little suspicious. And when you see people using weasel language like that, you know that quite often they're uh, struggling for some kind of credibility because you're not acting suspicious, you're acting a little suspicious. And that he was taking pictures of officers' personal vehicles. Now, I don't know if we know about that, But the officers had asked him to give his name, and he refused. So they confiscated his camera and his phone and patted him down, and then they said, you're free to leave. It's just that we've got your phone and your camera, but you're free to leave. You're free to leave. (laughs) I'd hate to leave without my phone and my camera, but officers at the time told the man there had been cars stolen from the lot next to the police station. And were also mindful of the murders of two police officers by a man who also reportedly took videos of officers and tracked their movements before ambushing them in November of 2016, according to court filings. So the city, in an attempt to explain or excuse away the actions of their officers, said, Well, we've had problems. And among the problems we had were cars stolen from the, (laughs) the lot next to the police station. Now... If the police station is a hotbed for auto theft, maybe they've got more important things to worry about than a guy out there with a camera. Now, that's just me. That's just me. But they said they'd had cars stolen from the lot next to the police station. We had a civilian female employee getting into her personal car when she saw a guy videotaping her. That's a spokesperson for the DMPD. He told the register back in 2018, Obviously, for reasons that are self-explanatory, that made her very uncomfortable. So she was uncomfortable with somebody videotaping her getting into a car. and It was her personal car. By the way, keep in mind, though, that if I'm standing here and I'm watching you get into your car, presumably I can see the car. I can see what make, model, color the car is. I can probably see the license plate. So videotaping the car, I'm not really sure that that escalates my level of knowledge that much. Unless you think I can get some more information by videotaping than I can with my own eyes. But so the man's lawsuit was filed months later and accused the officers of unlawfully retaliating against him for videotaping in public violating the First Amendment. By detaining him and seizing his property without a warrant or probable cause, the lawsuit alleged that they violated his Fourth Amendment rights. So the lawsuit cited two different causes of action, the First Amendment and the Fourth Amendment. First and fourth. First is his right to be videotaping. The fourth is he took his stuff. I'm, try- I'm, try- I'm trying to break this down as simply as possible. Okay, the first and the fourth. The city argued in court that the officers were entitled to qualified immunity, meaning they cannot be held liable for any alleged rights violations unless that right has been clearly established by prior case law. Initially, they were successful and the federal judge dismissed the case. Judge said, well, there's No clearly established prior case law on First or Fourth Amendment violations here. A senior judge ruled in 2019 that officers were justified in investigating the man's actions and that he had ample opportunity to allay the officer's suspicion. And the interesting thing is the judge is saying, look, the cops walk up to you. They say you're acting a little suspicious. And you don't cooperate with them. That makes you more suspicious somehow. And the question then is, it's not a burden of proof thing so much, but it's literally, who has the burden of diffusing the situation? The man's standing there videotaping, and the police walk up to him. And they say, you're acting a little suspiciously. He says, yeah. And they take his stuff from him, they pat him down, presumably looking for weapons. And then they keep his stuff and they walk away. And the judge is suggesting that maybe if he'd identified himself, and cooperated more that they might not have done those things. And I don't think anybody hearing the story is going to say, oh, if he'd given them his name, they wouldn't have taken his stuff. We all know what's happening here. He was videotaping the cars illegally parked by the police. And it's one of those things. I've seen police cars illegally parked. They do it as part of their job quite often, and quite often they need to. Okay, they pull up to the scene of a crime, they put the car, park, and jump out. They don't go, oh, is this a legal parking space? I don't know. But the question is, should they be doing it in front of the police station? And so the man's video would have embarrassed the police. That's what's going on here. We all know that. So to pretend that that's not what's going on here is kind of like an insult to our intelligence. But a federal appellate panel saw the matter differently. The judges ruled that while the officers had grounds to investigate the man... They're not authorized to arrest him and seize his electronic devices. So the police are allowed to investigate. They can walk up and they can ask you questions. It's whether you have to answer those questions that's the problem. So there was no evidence that the man was blocking the sidewalk or disrupting activity at the police station. And both of those are elements that they would have needed to show if they were going to say, for instance, that he was loitering. Okay? And so... Des Moines actually has a loitering ordinance and that could have been invoked if he was blocking the sidewalk or disrupting activity. But remember, he's simply standing there videotaping outdoors, in public, on the sidewalk. They come up to him. Presumably, if they had not come up to him, there wouldn't have been an incident at all. So the question is, who instigated the incident? So, uh... They seized his items for more than a week, and that went far beyond any reasonable investigative stop, the court ruled. And this would have been, and this is important to understand, this would have been a very different case. If they'd walked up to him and said, hey, you're acting a little suspicious, he goes, I don't care. They go, what's your name? He goes, I'm not going to tell you. They go, let me see your stuff. So he hands him the stuff. They pat him down. If they'd handed him his stuff back and walked away, this case would have come out completely differently. But they didn't. And so I know a lot of people who follow these stories and there's a lot of them on the internet uh, of guys going out and videotaping stuff in public and often videotaping the police and occasionally trying to get the police on camera to respond to them. And then they post those videos on on YouTube. And so, of course, they're going to be following this case very closely because a guy videotaping in public just got a big payday. But what happened to him was they took his stuff. That's the key to this whole story. So the man told the register after the appellate decision that the case spotlighted an individual's right to take pictures in public and to refuse to answer questions from police. And then his attorney said he's got a right to tell police to go pound to sand, which is what he did. I don't have to answer your questions. I've done nothing wrong. I'm taking pictures of the market area. Get lost. So the appellate court did affirm qualified immunity for the officers on the First Amendment claims, but sent the case back for further proceedings on the Fourth Amendment claims, and further proceedings here would have been a trial. So the court said that the First Amendment claim is gone, but the Fourth Amendment claim, that's still alive, try it. And that's why they settled the case. Instead, uh, the settlement, which notes that both sides will pay their own court and attorney fees, means all that Robin's... Claims are fully resolved, and that's a common thing also. Quite often the settlement documents will say this resolves all claims as to all parties. Parties will bear their own costs, and that's it. That's the end. It's, It's the finale. It's over. And quite often they do that because there are some causes of action that say, that a prevailing party is entitled to attorney fees and court costs from the other side if they win, for instance. And so they want to make it very, very clear that that issue is resolved along with everything else. So what it boils down to is the city of Des Moines is going to cut this man a check for $125,000. Presumably, his attorney will get a piece of that. I don't know how much. I'm not privy to their retainer agreement, and I doubt that many of you are either. But the settlement itself, the full terms of the settlement, I believe are confidential, but the documents filed with the court indicate it's been dismissed, and that's that. But the number, the number following the dollar sign has been publicized. It's $125,000. So, again, keep in mind the primary thing that the Court of Appeals here focused on was they took the man's phone and his camera and kept them. And the man was forced to get an attorney just to get those things back. And that does change this from your run-of-the-mill guy walking around just videotaping the police and gets in an argument. So there you go. Des Moines paying $125,000 to a man detained for filming police parking illegally. William Morris wrote that for the Des Moines Register. Ryan, Chris, and Zeb all sent it. Thanks a lot. Questions, comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Life has no limitations except the ones you make.